0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show, and the official podcast of Pro wrestling. Cool. It's not just cool, it's Dot Cool. We're here to talk about this past week in the WWE, and it was a busy one, which means we're talking about Raw, we're talking about Smackdown Live, we're talking about NXT, and of course, this past Sunday, was Extreme Rules. It wasn't very good, but it happened. So we're going to talk about it. Along with all the wrestling news that's been going on, because everything's on fire, I'm your host, Owen, and we are streaming this live over at twitch.tv slash ozone online and mixer.com slash the ozone. So, make sure you tune in this and every Wednesday for that, as well as we're taking questions and comments in the chats and at our Twitter at the heel turn, so send them on in and I will get to them as I deem fit another week on the solo show so uh, hello everyone welcome back uh if you want to know what happened to, to my uh, co-host john go back a couple episodes and listen to the americana spectacular and that's that's all i'll tell you it explains what happened to john may he may he rest in peace but i'm here and uh this week, I played a little something called Sonic Mania Plus, which came out on Tuesday, and it's about five dollar expansion DLC type thing for Sonic Mania, my favorite game of all time. And so far, it's okay. The DLC is okay. I haven't finished the Encore mode yet, which is the big feature, but. I tried out the two new characters, which are Mighty and Ray. I think Mighty's cool with a stomp, and Ray, I haven't found a use for his gliding thing yet, or I'm just not good at it. I'm not sure which, but that's fine. The encore mode is cool because it's kind of like recoloring, kind of swapping around some areas of the levels of the original game. And throws in a few surprises, which I just got to one of them in my playthrough. But the uh, mechanic of the Encore mode is you have two characters, and you can get boxes to swap through the other characters that you have to collect. And instead of lives, you just have the set of five characters. And if one dies, you just get the next one and you keep going. Right where you left off until you lose all of them. And what happens when you lose all of them? I- I don't know yet. I'm kind of afraid to find out since I'm kind of deep into the Encore mode. But that's cool. The new uh, bonus stage, which is kind of like a pinball thing, is fine. It's not as good as Blue Sphere, obviously. And uh, the new special stages are just really hard versions of the special stage from the original Sockmania. Mania. Which I haven't beaten one of them yet. I'm I'm working on it. But yeah, it's about four or five dollar expansion. I guess it's worth it. It's, the game by itself is fine, but it's a nice little addition to the game, so yeah, if you have talk mania, get get on that. What else have I been doing this week? Oh, for our Patreon subscribers, if you're at the 999 tier. We put out last week our first g one podcast me and uh, my buddy trace, our progress dot cool new japan expert correspondent life in Japan and by that I mean in Seattle he and I have a podcast up right now for the nine ninety nine tier that covers the g one special in San Francisco so it's me and him talking two hours about the special. How dangerous and reckless it all was. And uh, giving uh, brief thoughts about the upcoming G1 which started this past weekend. And if you're listening to the podcast version of Heel Turn, then over at the Patreon right now should be the uh, episode where me and Trace talk about the first three shows in the G1 Climax. So, uh, yeah. That's how we're doing. We're consolidating it. Every week we're going to Watch how many sh- however many shows there were, bundle it all together, and talk about them. And that's up for all patrons, not just the $9.99 tier. So that's a little bonus for you guys that help support the site. Appreciate it. We haven't recorded it yet. I'm afraid of how long it is. Because considering we did one G1 show that took two hours, this is covering three. So luck to us. Just, just make sure you look at the length of the episode before you you start playing it, just so you know what, what's ahead of you. It's gonna it's gonna be a wild ride. So yeah, I'll be up on the Patreon. It's at uh, patreon.com slash pwc. Anyone who subscribes for the New Japan content, we appreciate it. And, uh, hope, hope, hope it's good. Like I said, we haven't done it yet, so I'm kind of scared. So yeah, it's all the, the housekeeping. I believe now is a good time to get into the wrestling news. That's the wrestling news theme. First bit of news, and this is a big one since I was just talking about New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor announced that they are doing a co-branded show... Called the G One Supercard WrestleMania Weekend. It's going to be April sixth, the the Saturday before WrestleMania, and it's going to be held in Madison Square Garden. WWE's kind of home, their home turf. This is the first time a wrestling another wrestling promotion has done a show in the actual garden. Some people online will say, oh, WCW did it, but they did it in the theater. ...that's attached to the garden... ...doesn't count. They're actually doing it in the garden... ...and it's gonna... ...be... ...wild. The good news for uh, people who follow the site... ...is that... ...me... ...and our New Japan... ...correspondent Trace... ...have a hotel booked in New York City now... ...for that very day. Which means he and I are gonna do our best to get tickets... ...and be at that show... And probably record a uh, a recap of our live experiences afterwards, so make sure you look out for that. That'll probably be a pat- another Patreon-exclusive podcast, so that should be fun. I haven't gone to a show at Madison Square Garden since... Well, if we're talking about actual wrestling shows, the last one I went to was WrestleMania 20. The last wrestling-related event at the Garden I went to was the uh, 2013 Hall of Fame. So, th- yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Trace has never been to the Garden. He, he's also never been to a New Japan show, but clearly near of so it will be a fun time. They haven't announced anything yet. Oddly enough, it's the same night as NXT Takeover, so they're gonna be going head to head. And it'll be curious to see what kind of crowds show up to both shows. I was originally planning to go to NXT, but then this popped up, and now... Whoops. Plans have changed. Another fun thing about that weekend is that along with going to the uh, MSG show, there may be a small chance that he and I can sneak into WrestleMania. It's not currently on the plate that we're definitely going, but since we're in the city anyway, we're going to keep an eye out. If we end up going, I'm sure there'll be a podcast of some sort afterward talking about our experience sitting wherever the hell we are in that giant stadium. So that's more stuff to look forward to. Moving on to uh, not-so-great news. This past weekend, WWE reinstated Hulk Hogan in to the WWE Hall of Fame after a three-year suspension. Whoops. That's not good. I've gone on record to say that Hulk Hogan is my favorite wrestling character of all time because he's the one that got me into watching wrestling. But... A Terry Bollea the person... Not... Not so great. So, it's kind of a tough situation for me, as in, I'm glad the character is in the Hall of Fame, but I hope that the person that plays the character stays far away from the current product and doesn't show up, because don't need that guy getting a paycheck unless he's doing some actual, like, genuine steps to right the wrong that he did. To the African American community. Now, if you check Twitter, Kofi Kingston, on behalf of the New Day, put out a good statement that I'm not gonna read. Cause it's super long, but his thoughts are pretty good on this. As in, it's indi- he's indifferent. Like you know, it's shitty what he said, but you don't fight hate with hate, and don't don't really want to do anything with the guy. But you know, the character. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, so... Good for him. But, yeah, it's a tough situation. People seem to be real split on as in as if he deserves to go in the Hall of Fame again or not. And my view is that the character does. The person needs to stay away. Don't bring that guy back. So that's that. Yeah, that's it's a tough subject. So we'll we'll move on from there. I wanted to end the news on a good note. So here's something positive. Monday during RAW, they announced the tickets go on sale for NXT Takeover before Survivor Series in LA, and it's gonna be War Games again. That's right. They're bringing back War Games, my favorite match stipulation. If you missed it last year, it's two rings, double cage. They've slightly tweaked what they do with the, the rules, with how the teams go in, with it being three teams. And I really enjoyed it. So, if they do that again, I, I assume the Undisputed Era will be in it again. Not sure what other teams, but it'll be fun. I, I like War Games. I wish I could be there, but... Between going to London for the NFL this fall and the Madison Square Garden show coming up, just not in the cards. So it's unfortunate. Hopefully they keep doing it. I would love, I would love to go to a War Games. I think it's the coolest gimmick in all of wrestling. Just do do it closer to me. Do it in Philadelphia, even. I'd be okay with that. So yeah. Hopefully it's hopefully it's another good one. And that's all I've got for the news. Unless anyone in the chat wants to add anything that they'd like me to talk about, I'm going to move on to talk about the pay-per-view, which was Extreme Rules. That happened on Sunday, and uh, there's no review up on the site right now, because here's a little inside baseball... I'm writing the site by myself at the moment, which means I have to cover everything aside from Michael's hot takes, which he posts on his own, and I just, you know, edit and then get up there. So, I'm responsible for all the podcast, watching all the shows, taking all the notes, talking to you on this podcast, doing all the G1 stuff, so I just have not had the time or resources to do the the reviews... Or do it? Actually, I didn't even get time to do an about last night for SmackDown this week because I've been so overwhelmed with stuff. I'll try. I'll try to get one up next week, but you know, there's no promises with how crazy this is, especially with the G one ramping up even more next week. But Extreme Rules did happen, and I'll share my thoughts about it right here on this podcast. It was a bad show. That's no. That's not it. I've more to talk about that. I've written down my highlights slash lowlights of the show. The first being that the B team won the Raw Tag Team Titles from the leaders of Worlds. G- good for uh, good for Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, but not so good for the state of the Raw Tag Division. That's kind of a telling sign when those two are the champions. Like, you have teams like The Revival there. And that's that's it. That's really only the really good team they have on that show. The others are pain or whatever. They're just beating World Worldwide every week and not showing any signs of progressing. The B team have had some momentum but it's not really a not really feels that genuine. So then, when the belts is just kind of say, "Hey, it's you're you're the top, you're the kings of shit mountain. Congratulations!" Hell on Raw this week, they defended the titles against the Ascension. The Ascension, and I'm glad Trace isn't here because he would get mad at me for saying this. But the Ascension are garbage. Man. We're just like, just gift the belts to the Revival and then let them keep it forever because there's no real challengers on this brand. It's kind of sad. What else we got here? We have uh, the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, which was a Ellsworth and a Shark Cage match, I guess, because... They put Ellsworth in the cage above the ring and the whole thing was Ellsworth dropping stuff down that was in his pockets because of course, why wouldn't you frisk the guy that's above the ring? Then there was a whole dumb thing with him dangling out of the cage. Them having to lower it to try to get him back in. That giving Carmella an opportunity to to ram Asuka's head into the cage while it was down and pinner and real real bad real bad it it was real bad like i understand why they did it cuz they were hiding the limits that that Carmella has in the ring cuz she's not a good wrestler but it's still just making oscar look terrible just dreadful stuff like i'm i wanted Asuka on SmackDown because I thought it would open up new opportunities for her. But it's only been hurting her. You know, she lost that match to Charlotte and ever since then it's been, well, we don't have to play prestige to her. It's just these stupid matches where she looks like a joke. It's just a shame. And now it looks like we're going to get Carmella against Becky Lynch for SummerSlam and that's Becky's good, but... The way they've been booking Carmella, it's... I don't even think she she can redeem what's happening here. But what was a good match... I'll talk to you about a good match. It was... Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title. And why was it good? Because it lasted six seconds. Before the bell, Shinsuke Nakamura... Punched Hardy right in the dick, as you do. Jeff was stupid enough to say, I'm good to do the match anyway. it to the face. Pin. It's over. New US champion. And then there's the part where Randy Orton showed up and beat up Jeff Hardy for no reason. What you get is they established him as a heel, which he's much better at. But it didn't need to be here. They could have just saved it as a surprise for SmackDown. Because they revisited on SmackDown, which we're going to talk about later. And it was way better. So um, It's confusing. It kind of stole from Nakamura's moment. But I get it. You know, it's a pay per You gotta make make it special. Have the big return during the show people have to pay for. But it still felt kind of weird and wasted. We had the Steel Cage match with the... Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens, which I had no expectations for. I just thought, you know, it's just going to be Kevin Owens running away the whole time. And then my prediction was that he's going to get thrown either through the ring or through the cage. And I was wrong. But I was also kind of right. Because the match ended with... Kevin Owens getting thrown off the top of the cage, through the NAS tables by Braun, which looked real painful, really sucked! But, it also meant that Kevin Owens won the match. Which, sure. Okay. That's one way to give him the win, but also make him look like a dope. But whatever. It's Braun Strowman's cool. They're giving him cool things to do. I just wish better for Kevin Owens. Because he's a good good wrestler. However, because Kevin Owens beat Braun Strowman in this match, technically, Shania Twain has to play that song for him now. That was the rules. He just had to beat Braun. And he did. So, Shania... Next time you're in Montreal, you got a song the play. Um, oh, God. The Team Hell No stuff on this show. <sighs> okay, so... Earlier in the night, we uh, cut the backstage with something breaking, and it's Kane's ankle getting broken by the Bludgeon Brothers, who took out Team Hell No. Use the hammer on, on the uh the door to, while Kane's foot was in it to have that whole situation happen, and then later on in the night when we get to the match, it's a handicap match. Danny Bryan fighting the Bloody Brothers by himself. You know, the whole thing they've they've been hyping up this pay-per-view about. The poster had Team Hell No on it all about Team Hell No. They got shirts. It's a big deal. Team Hell No. It's great. They're all back. This is what we get instead. We get this handicap match which later results in Kane coming out wearing a boot which looked dopey as shit on a guy who's supposed to be a demon from hell. He is terrible in the match with the injury. They don't even pin Kane. They pin Brian. If, if I'm remembering this correctly. And the Bludgeon Brothers win. They retain their belts. And Danny Bryan and Kane look like a bunch of dopes. It's terrible. What were they thinking? They, this could have been a great match. But instead we went with this. It's a real disappointment. It looks like Kane might be gone for a while now. Considering what happened on SmackDown. Which is fine because now we're going to finally get the feud we want for Danny Bryan. Which is the Miz, but hopefully we leave all this bullshit that happened on Sunday behind because it was real bad. A surprise was uh, the Bobby Lashley beating Roman Reigns in their one-on-one match. Uh, this match was actually surprisingly decent. Like the crowd got into it, I kind of got into it. This guy, I'm down for. Two hosses just beating the shit out of each other. Even though Roman Reigns is not all that great at that. But Bobby Lashley surprised me here. He actually did pretty well. And uh, the finish came with Bobby Lashley hitting the spear on Roman and pending him. One, two, three. Clean. I'm shocked. The crowd was happy. I was happy. All this was nullified the next night, but it was, it was a moment of happiness for us all. Roman Reigns not winning every freaking pay-per-view match. And he was in the main event. How about that? We had the Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax in the only Extreme Rules match of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. The thing happened that I thought was going to happen. Alexa was going to use a bunch of weapons, Nia Jax was going to break them all. Then we got to the part where Ronda Rousey was on the sideline, got provoked, jumped in to beat the shit out of Mickey James, then ate a kendo stick from Alexa. More distraction shenanigans, Alexa Bliss ended up winning against Nia Jax, because of course of course she was. Like, we were really going to get a match between Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey again when it was so bad the first time. This is the money match for SummerSlam. Ronda Rousey's going to look like a star. Alexa Bliss is going to fucking die. It's going to be great. I-, I love Alexa Bliss, but, st- but still, she needs to die. It's, it's the only way. Then we had uh, my favorite match of the night, which was for the WWE Championship between AJ Styles and Rusev. Man, these guys are both real good. Rusev was given an opportunity to step up to the plate, knocked it out of the park. Fantastic back-and-forth match. Uh, The submissions, the moves, the reversals. I thought for sure Rusev was going to win. With that Machka kick, but was not meant to be. Aiden English got involved by removing the top turnbuckle, and it ended up, you know, cost- costing Rusev the match because he was into it. There was a sick 450 splash off the off the uh, top rope by Styles to Rusev. That was a really really good near fall because I thought it was I thought for sure that was gonna be the end of the match, but it wasn't. Ended up being the phenomenal forearm as usual. Styles retained, but Rusev looked like a million bucks, and because of English, you know, kind of costing the match, may lead to them splitting up, which I was against at first, but at this point, may- maybe it's for the best. I like I like English. I hope he sticks around, but perhaps he's not needed. Then we had the main event. (sighs) What 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 do I say about this? It was the thirty-minute Iron Man match between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. This crowd, this fucking crowd. Typical Pittsburgh. If you don't know, this pay-per-view is in Pittsburgh. You know, the city on the other side of Pennsylvania from a the city that everyone around this, around it hates because it's the worst city. The people are the worst, the food's the worst, the smell's the worst. It's, a, oh, it's such a bad city. I'll never set foot in it. Unfortunately, WWE did here, and this hopefully will be the last time they do a pay-per-view here for a long time. Because they thought they were so clever by doing the Royal Rumble countdown every time the minute counter for the, uh, the Iron Man match went from 10 to 0. Every time they did the countdown with the buzzer noise, cute the first time, then you go, oh no, they're going to do this the entire match. This fucking sucks. And it it sure did. Took all the momentum out of the match it killed it. They had to take the timer away. Because these fucking idiots just wouldn't stop. And you know what happened when they did that? They started doing the 10 countdown when it wasn't even 10 seconds. They were just making that up. You can see Dolph Ziggler... ...say to Seth Rollins in the middle of the match, it was worse than when the clock was there. And it was. The fuck Pittsburgh why are you so bad You, I don't even want to recap the match because I can't remember any of it all I remember is you guys counting down and ruining the match oh. it went to sudden death because they ended up tied at four falls and then we had uh, McIntyre interfere Right as they restarted, and Ziggler won with the zigzag. Who cares though? All I remember is the crowd being terrible. You didn't have the Royal Rumble this year. Philadelphia had it. Philadelphia's had it twice since you had it. If that can't, that doesn't tell you something. Like get out of here. No more Rumble for them ever. No more pay-per-views for them. Give them an episode of Raw. They deserve that. That's what they deserve. Three hours of nothing. This was not a good show. Hopefully SummerSlam is better, but... By these commercials of them going... ah, memes, right? Especially in this climate. Where memes kind of destroyed America a couple years ago. No, no thanks. I'm kind of glad I'm not going. It's in Brooklyn again. I don't forget, not going. I went to the Royal Rumble in January. That was great. So there you go. That's, uh... That's Extreme Rules. Don't, Don't watch it. And if you watch one thing from it, watch the, uh, the WWE Championship match. Oh, remember the part where I talked about Raw being three hours of nothing? Well... going to talk about this week's Raw, which was three hours of nothing. Because nothing matters. Because we started off with uh, the... Well, first I should say, part of Extreme Rules had Kurt Angle saying that Brock Lesnar needs to show up on Raw this week. Or or come to a, uh, you know, set up a title defense. Or... Yeah, relinquished the belt. And he was about to relinquish the belt because Brock wasn't there. And Paul Heyman came out and stopped him from doing it. And said, uh, you know, trying to talk about how he, his plan is to go into the UFC and win their championship while wearing the Universal title to help the WWE and be a two sport champion like Kurt Angle was. And uh, he didn't buy it, Says he's got to defend his belt. It's going to be a SummerSlam. Heyman reluctantly agrees. And then... The way we determine the number one contender... Is a whole bunch of nothing. Nothing matters. We had, uh... The people that, that came out to interrupt were... Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Elias, and Drew McIntyre. So let's break, and then what happens, Kurt Angle sets up two triple threat matches between them to determine a number of contenders match for next week. So let's break down these people and figure out why would they deserve a shot at the championship. Bobby Lashley. Makes sense. Beat Roman Reigns, the big dog, at the pay-per-view the night before. Roman Reigns. He technically should have won that match at the Greatest Royal Rumble. But he lost to Bobby Lashley the night before. So, don't think he should get the shot ahead of Lashley. Elias. He has a guitar. Okay. Drew McIntyre. He got kicked out of the Intercontinental title match the night before. And then he came back for some reason. He also beat Seth Rollins the week before by cheating, so not really good credentials to get a title shot there. Who? Uh, Seth Rollins just lost a thirty-minute Iron Man match for the inner for the lower belt, so I guess he gets a shot at the bigger belt. Sure, no, that's not how that works. Um, Finn Balor, first ever Universal Champion, cool, but what has he done for me lately? Fight Baron Corbin. And be a nothing person. Like. He kind of got interesting. For, at a period when he was with the. Gals in Anderson. And they started to kind of heal it up. In that personality. They took that away. He doesn't have the demon it anymore. It's just. A guy throws his hands up. During his entrance. And then does some flippy moves. That are fine but. I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. I'm just saying as a guy to lead the show as a champion. At this current point, I don't see it. Did I see it when he won the title a couple years ago? Yeah. Because he had the demon and he was on a roll and he was fresh and hot. But we've had a few years of him on the main roster. Hasn't really done anything. I know he had the injury, but he came back... He had the demon for that one match against Styles. That's it. I don't, I don't get it. But of course, you know we had the two triple threat matches, and shocking Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley won their matches. So we're gonna have a rematch of the match we just had at at the pay per view on free TV for the shot at the Universal Title at SummerSlam. So why did we do the match extreme rules like what was the point of that that match was for nothing and we're going to have the real match on the non pay per view it's just weird this booking is weird I I don't know about this Ugh. <sighs> Oh, we had Dove Ziggler on the show. And uh, he was bragging about winning the Iron Man match. And then local guy who's only thing he's got going for him is, is his entrance. Bobby Roach did his entrance. And challenged Ziggler for the title. And Ziggler's like, no. The, f- the fuck? You- no. Who are you? Valid question, who is Bobby Roode, who cares? And then he talks shit, and then Ziggler says, Alright, fuck it, I'll give you a match. And the referee comes out, and JoJo announces it's for the title, and Ziggler says, No, I said I'd give him a match. I didn't say I'd give him a title match. No. Which, fair. Bobby Roode hasn't done anything to earn a title shot, and this wasn't an open challenge. He's not an idiot. He knows how open challenges go since he won the belt during it for Seth Rollins. And uh, Ziggler, he wins. be super kicked him in the face and won. Because Bobby Roode is a joke. Which Mojo even pointed out backstage afterward that he's a joke. Which, that looks like that's going to be a feud. Y- yay! Remember when those two had a match before the Royal Rumble? And it sucked? Yeah, get ready for more of that. Speaking of things that sucked, Mojo then squashed Tyler Breeze because Fandango's injured. So we have nothing for Brazongo. so we just have Tyler Breeze instead of, you know, branching out and being a competitive single star like he used to be. He just gets, his, gets jobbed. That's good. That's good use of Tyler Breeze. Good job. Then we got to the Sasha and Bailey stuff that happened on Raw. I don't know what to think about this. So let's uh, let's go over it. So we've had these whole segments of the counseling a couple weeks ago. And we're supposed to get the results back this week. And the results are... We still don't like each other. Shocking, right? To which, uh, Krangle says, well, you guys need to get th- along together. And you're gonna be a tag match tonight. And if you can't get along, then I'm gonna trade one of you away. Because that makes sense. On a show where you want to have competitive matches with people that don't like each other. Because, and then you find two high-profile stars that don't like each other. Instead of saying, we should book a match with them. We we instead say, no, you have to be friends. Or I'm just going to punish everyone by moving you to another show. The logic here is just baffling. What? What in the world? So we get the tag match of Sasha Banks and Bailey against Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox, two people who we never get to see wrestle. I guess they just needed bodies that they could, you know, sacrifice to the bad booking gods. So we got these two together, and this gets weird because they uh, they attack Bailey in the middle of the match. On the outside, because you know it's a wrestling match, and that's what you do. And Sasha Banks flipped out and just went ham on both of them and just started beating the shit out of them on the outside. And uh, the referee called for the bell for disqualification. She she did she did too much wrestling, so we had to call it off. No more, no more wrestling. You you're doing too much. This is a show about bad booking. And squash matches. Not allowed to wrestle. It was weird. And then it got weirder when we went backstage. And Sasha was apparently packing her bag while wearing her wrestling gear and was gonna leave. And Bailey stops her and makes her admit what happened out there. Sasha says that she's the only one that's allowed to beat up Bailey. And, uh... Then she admits that she loves her. Um... This is a lesbian angle, right? Like, I understand, like, friends love each other. Because that's how friendship works. But... This is the WWE. I think they're gonna do a lesbian angle. And I don't trust them to do that, right? Especially considering that uh, that, tr- that, you know, that cross-dressing segment they had a few weeks ago with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. No. Don't. Don't do this. Abort. Go. D- turn this in. Just make it all about friendship. Make that very clear next week. Do not go down this road because I know who is in charge of the show and you're not going to do it right. Jesus Christ, please don't. We all know that this has to lead to a Sasha and Bailey match at Brooklyn. If they have any sense. But... If we're going down this road too? No... Don't even, like, tease it, please. My favorite part was after that segment they cut the commentary and Corey Graves had the most bewildered look on his face, like These two were, like, the biggest match at the first TakeOver Brooklyn. And now, this is what we're doing with them. What? Yeah, it's it's weird. And, uh, the last thing I have about Raw is that Sarah Logan had a match with Ember Moon because the Raw Squad has this weird... Feud with Ember Moon for no reason. And, uh, with a little bit of, uh, interference, she ended up getting the win, that all Sarah Logan. This was her first singles win on the main roster. That's sad. Also, can we talk about the fact that, uh, she's not a farm girl anymore, now she's a viking? So we had a a wolf lady question mark versus a viking that used to that grew up on a potato farm. Is is this glow? Is this like a shitty version of glow? Is that what this is? Sounds like it. I get that, you know, she is like actually like a viking in real life because her and one of uh, the war raiders are uh, engaged and they actually like live weird viking lifestyle but this was random and weird and I I don't know if they like actually like go all the way out with it her wearing like cool armor and shit maybe that'd be cool but right now it's weird and, and it, this whole feels like a weird glow thing But not in a fun way. That's it for Raw. It was a waste of time. I don't know why I watched it. I guess because... I'm the only one here covering the show, so someone had to do it. And Lord knows you tuning in hopefully didn't watch it. Because it was... We can talk about SmackDown, though. SmackDown... Was really good this week. I know. Shocking that I said that. Right? Because I always talk about how bad Smackdown is on this show. Right? But for real. This was a really, really good episode of Smackdown. I've got some highlights here for you. We had. A match. Between AJ Styles. And Andrade Cien Amos. And they actually had like a, a good wrestling match on SmackDown. It was excellent. Because AJ Styles, phenomenal wrestler. Andrade, Sian Amos, his stint as NXT champion was fantastic. He had some great matches, with some, especially with, with Johnny Gargano. Because two good wrestlers putting together a good match, not hard to do. And that was the case here with Styles and Amos. Amos got a lot. He got some great offense in. He hit the double knees even. But nothing he could do could put away Styles, because Styles is the currently the top guy on SmackDown. The only downside was that uh, Almas got put into the calf crusher after being on offense for a long time, and then he just tapped out quickly. But, you know, considering this wasn't a pay-per-view match or a title match, you know, you don't want to risk injury from the calf crusher. By being prolonged in it, if it was a title match, I'm sure he would have held in longer. But it was a smart move, and I hope hope this means big things for Amos in the future on SmackDown because he was excellent here. Very good match. Uh, we got the whole thing with Becky Lynch continuing with her uh, on this weird hot streak of sorts, where she's just beaten everyone on the roster. I think at this point, besides Carmella, she's beaten every woman on SmackDown. Maybe not Naomi. I don't think those two have fought yet. Maybe that's down the line. But she's beaten everyone else, and she had a match with the uh, Mandy Rose. Made her tap out as as expected, and then she put out the challenge to Carmella, which I assume's for SummerSlam. So that's her match. Ellsworth was nowhere to be seen on the show, so I don't know if he's gone. But I would assume he'd come back for this because he has history with Becky Lynch. I just hope he doesn't get involved in the actual match because I'm I'm kind of done with that. And the intergender matches haven't been working. I I know he had one a great one with Becky Lynch like a year ago, but I don't know if they can recapture that magic. I'm not looking I'm not looking forward to this build for this if they base it on promos instead of what they've been doing of Becky Lynch having good matches and proving she can beat everybody but we have a wild go for SummerSlam, so I don't think they can rely on that the whole time we uh ooh right we had Ty Dillinger backstage because uh The week before, in a dark match before SmackDown, which, as someone who's went to a tape, and they they do do this now. They have a dark match before the show. This show off like the other talent that doesn't make it to the script of the show. It was supposed to be uh, Ty Dillinger having a match, and then Samoa Joe jumped him during his entrance and murdered him. So R-Truth comes in and starts talking to him and uh, getting him hyped up. And Ty runs out there and says, Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna kick some ass. so that's what we'll do. we get revenge, they swims off. R-Truth turns and we see he's got a Bluetooth in his ear and he was on the phone. This this was good. R truth continues to be like really funny, and I wish they would use him more. But him being buddies with Ty Dillinger is pretty good. I hope I hope we see more of this. I hope we see less of uh, Ty Dillinger getting his ass whooped by Samoa Joe because this was upsetting. Uh, The good thing was that Ty started off with the belt, like attacking uh, Joe as soon as the bell rang and had some good off, you know, just beating the shit out of him on the outside. But it didn't really affect Joe because he's Samoa Joe. And as soon as Joe got on the offense, it was over. He didn't. He he made. He took him to Sleepy Town with the... With the Coquina Clutch. And it was... it. Like, this was a good highlight for a tie with the promo. And I hope this means we see more of him. But... I think he's... I think he's got a ways to go. When it comes to, uh, you know... Getting a push. After... Dying to Samoa Joe. I hope Samoa Joe is the guy who gets the title shot... For AJ Styles at Summerslam because that would be a great match. We haven't had that one yet, so hope I'm looking forward to that if that's the direction they do go in this squash to make Joe, you know, on the show and looking dominant. Good sign. Good sign of things to come. We had uh, Eric Young uh, defeating Kofi Kingston and. You know, Kind of nothing match after their nothing tables match at the kickoff for Extreme Rules. It was kind of what well, it's kind of forgettable. And uh then we had the main event, which was Shinsuke Nakamura defending the, the uh, United States Championship against Jeff Hardy in an actual match after they didn't really have one at Extreme Rules. Before we get to the match, I want to talk about how the show opened with uh, Jeff Hardy walking out, kind of stumbling around with his eyes closed, and then talking about being broken without the belt. Another weird Jeff Hardy promo. It sounded intense. But then... We got to the backstage interview with Nakamura, where he got to give his response. And... Remember when Renee asked him what he thought about Jeff Hardy's promo? He called him a sad clown. Oh, poor Jeff Hardy. He wears the mask, the face paint, because he's a sad clown. And he's going to give him something to really cry about in the main event. And then just out of nowhere, he says, God bless America at the end. It's kind of incredible. I, is great. He's so good. And giving him this belt. To make him just say that at the end for no... And just l- love America for no reason. When it's a real bad time to like America. Mwah! Beautiful. Very good stuff. Oh, man. And then also there's the part where... Uh, Byron Saxon was not approving of Nakamura as champion. And Corey Graves calling, calling him a xenophobe. <laughs> which was good. This whole this I'm I'm looking forward to this title reign with Nakamura. So we had the match, it was excellent, and then it ended the way you thought it would. With uh, they not being a decisive winner because Randy Orton shows up, and just wails on on Jeff Hardy again, because because fuck Jeff Hardy, I'm just gonna, Randy Orton just gonna beat the shit out of you because he, that's what he does. He, he has to establish that he's a heel. This is how you do it. Beat the shit out of the guy that everyone loves. And this attack was brutal. Like he was throwing him into the steps, he was beating him into the barricade, throwing him to the side of the ring. And then he put his finger into those big like earring holes in Jeff Hardy's ears and yanked on it. And oh my god, it looked awful. They even shot the people in the crowd like holding their ears in pain, going, "Oh God, this is bad! Don't do that." It was, it was, it was brilliant. I'm, I'm on board with Randy Orton being an asshole heel on SmackDown again. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is gonna be good. This is what we need. We don't need, you know, babyface Randy Orton being boring. We need vicious Randy Orton that's just a dick to everyone. Because he's so good at it. So that's it for SmackDown. Excellent show. Give it a big ol' thumbs up. And uh, then we talk about NXT. Which aired tonight. If you're watching us live on Twitch and on Mixer. And uh, here's our recap for NXT. The show opened with Dakota Kai versus Lacey Evans, which we had set up the week before with the promo. And uh, as soon as the bell rings, Dakota Kai is just wailing on Lacey Evans with a bunch of speed. Excellent stuff. Lacey Evans looks... Stacey Confused doesn't know what's happening. And then we had Lacey Evans get on the, uh, the offense. Hold on a second. There we go. Sorry, it's a live show, and I have to, uh... Deal with some stuff on the show that is, um, you know, part of the the live audience, people being dicks in the chat. Apologies for that. Back to what I was saying, uh, Lacey Evans was, uh, then got vicious with with getting on the offense. One of the spots was, uh, setting her up for the, uh, setting up the Kai for the Tree of uh yeah, Tree of Woe tied her feet with, I think it was the ring ropes you know, the, the tag rope ear that or her, uh, sh- her laces on her boots and just wail and just hit her with a vicious move while she was trapped that looked real good then uh, the Kai, uh, Dakota Kai came back started doing her kicks because she's the leader of Team Kick and she looks good with that, but it was Lacey Evans who picked up the win with the women's right, which is such a good name for that move. Just punches someone in the face with your right fist and call it the women's right. God, that's so good. And, uh, yeah, she won. And, uh, after the the bell rang, she just got down, the mat and started yelling at the co guy somewhere because she's a big old jerk. then uh, we had an interview backstage with Ricochet. Uh, tossed about the Undisputed Era and how he understands, yeah, uh, Roderick Strong and uh, Kyle Riley are defending champs with their tag belts because they just love beating, beating people. But not Adam Cole. He's a coward who won't defend his North American title. He's barely done it since he's been champion. So he's kind of throwing shade at him. We get, a, we get a, a, a promo later on with the Undisputed Era, do you know, hanging out with their theme playing as they always do in this kind of weird NWO-slash-TMZ-style promo and and uh, Adam Cole's just like What? Fuck, fuck, fuck a ricochet. You know, I, I, I could defend this belt. I'm North America champion. It's just all sad because, oh, I lost in the I lost in the ladder match, then I lost in the six man tag. Well, t- well, fuck you, Rick Shea. I'm on Adam Cole, baby. That that was good. Then, uh. We get news that the originally scheduled fatal four way for the, uh, the number of contendership for Shannon Baszler's XT Women's title turned to a triple threat because Bianca Belair is not med- medically cleared to compete. Which. I don't know if that's a legitimate thing or if they just wanted to get her out of the... I don't know. This is part of the same taping, so I'm not sure why that happened. Then... We got to maybe the worst part of the show. We got uh, EC3 hanging out, you know, talking to some people, I think in this hotel lobby or this lounge of some sort. And then he runs into Kona Reeve, and he talks about how he may be the one top one percent, but he's not, whatever the hell Kona Reeve's gimmick is. I don't, I don't fucking know. This guy sucks. And EC three notices that he sucks. I'll fight, fight me, and just keep yelling, fight me, Adam. And Kona's like, no, no, I don't want to fight you. But, but I, th- I think they're gonna fight. So that, that should be that should be a good one. Um and then remember I said that was the worst part? I lied. Well maybe not. Maybe this wasn't as bad as Kona Reeves and EC three, but we did have uh Kachizono fighting some no name guy and squashing him for no reason. I I really don't know why this was on here. Are they trying to sl- randomly heat up Kachazono uh, so he can lose to someone else? Because that's why he's there. I'm, I'm not sure why that happened. Then, so they, there are a bunch of video packages on the show, and I, I don't really want to recap them. But I have to talk about that Velveteen Dream video. Because, oh my god. He's just standing in a dark room and then he can control the uh, the effects of the smoke and the and everything turned purple and then he just recaps his like past year for some reason by talking about Alster Black saying his name and then he just talks about actually take over Philadelphia and just whispers Philadelphia with it in the background for no reason. And it's just weird and amazing, and Velveteen Dream is apparently going to do something big at uh, NXT TakeOver uh, Brooklyn 4, is it? I think it's 4 this time. Uh, this was great. Velveteen Dream is just such a good character. I'm really enjoying this. I'm, hopefully they put this up on YouTube or just go back and watch it on, on the uh, the episode this week, because it is just such a good... Good video. Velveteen Dream is killing as as a character, and he's a great wrestler too. So he's pretty much got everything going his way. They should they should put a belt on him. I don't care which belt. North American AXE title, WWE Championship, Universal Champion. I don't put a belt on this guy. He is amazing. I love it. And then we had the main event. Which was a triple threat to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship between Nikki Cross, Candice LeRae, and Kairi Sane. And Shayna came out to be on commentary for this. And uh, it was an excellent match. As they typically do in NXT, they keep all... ...the women involved at all times... ...and not just having to be, be a bunch of one-on-ones... ...with someone laying out on the outside... ...waiting for their turn. Real good stuff, real creative. The finish, though... Oh, what a great finish. So... Candace ...does a lion's salt to Nikki Cross... ...and goes for the pin. And... ...off, ca- off view... ...because we just have a close-up of the pin... Kyrie Sane comes out of nowhere off the top rope with the insane elbow onto the back of Candace, which affects both people knocks them both down she goes and pins Candice LeRae 1-2-3 Kairi Sane wins she's the number one contender it's a fresh new opponent during this title run and it's a rematch of the Mae Young Classic Finals it's great I think this is going to be an excellent match it's definitely going to be better than their match at the Mayon Classic because Shane has actually become a decent wrestler. And not just, I don't know how to sell. And also, I'm going to give you a concussion for real. Like back then. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It should be excellent. That would be a great match for that crowd. I don't expect Kyrie to win, but it should still be a good match yeah, this was a solid episode of NXT. Apparently next week is Alistair Black versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT title. The WWE app tonight put out a spoiler regarding this match. I'm not going to say it, but I will be interested to share with you next week my thoughts on it. I'm sure you can glean from what I'm saying as to what is going on. But yeah, that was NXT. It was a solid episode. I still think SmackDown was the highlight of the week. Plenty of great stuff to look into from that show. And I think that's going to wrap it up for Hill Turn. It's a bit of a shorter episode this week, but... Again, I've got a lot to talk about with the G1. The G1's discussion is not on this show... But if you are a Patreon subscriber at Patreon.com/PWc, then you are going to hear me and our New Japan expert live in Japan, and by that I mean Seattle. Trace, he and I will be discussing all of the first three nights of the G1 Climax. It's it's going to be it's going to be a lot, so it's good to save my voice a little bit. Have someone because I'm going to have someone with me to talk about that but I am still have a lot of thoughts about that stuff so make sure you check that out you can check this podcast out at prowrestling.cool it's not just cool it's, it's .cool it's our, site. it's our website, it's a real URL you can type that in, it will actually go to a website and we have statistics up there, we have uh, editorials we have this podcast we have links to the Patreon so you can get the G1 stuff. It's all excellent. You can, and you can listen to this and our sister podcasts over at zonecasts.com. That's where we have this podcast. We have I'd Rather Not, which is a comedy podcast about Would You Rather scenarios. And uh, we also have this show called The Takes Bakery, which involves me and local monster uh, Oscar Bernard hopefully I pronounced that right, he gets at me when I don't Uh, talking about his bad opinions on things which is always a fun time so make sure you check that out I think there's a new episode of that going up this week it's it's a doozy and uh, you'll be able to tell from it that we recorded it in the past you'll understand that reference later so, yeah, check that out. You can follow the show on Facebook by searching for ProWrestling.cool or, you know, t- go to Facebook.com slash PWDOTC. We're on Twitter at TheHeelTurn and at PWDOTC. You can follow me on Twitter at ozone. And we stream this show live. I know it's, that's a confusing concept if you're listening to the podcast version, but this is a live show with video of just me hanging out because I don't have a co-host anymore. It streams live every Wednesday after NXT, so between 9 and 9.30 at twitch.tv slash ozone online and mixer.com slash the ozone. So that is Excellent. Thank you to everyone who tuned in live. Thank you to uh, Ryan, my friend Ryan, Rhythm Bastard, and uh, no thanks to that uh, that troll who just kept yelling, shout me out, please, because I'm not gonna, I'm not going to shout you out. Don't don't be a jerk. Ask actual questions. Be be interactive. Apologies for uh, having a little screw up there during that part in NXT, but live show, folks. Gotta deal with the trolls, and none of my moderators were around to do it for me. So, that's it. We'll be back next week with another episode. I'll probably still be here alone, but make sure you check out this Patreon podcast. G- Don't want to give away too much, but G1's real good. So again, that's it for Turn. We'll be back next week, and until then... Y'all come back now. It's weird to do this ending just by myself.